0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie maple I've spent the entire day doing psilocybin and a little bit of Mary Joanna. We got Carlin up in the background saying hello as well, and we're all happy and thriving. I slept for 10 hours last night, and I feel almost renewed. We get into it on this episode. This episode is brought to you by not giving a fuck from the makers of What the Fuck Happened?, (laughs) If you guys, if you want to watch the video, you know what to do. Go over to the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Jessie May Peluso to enjoy the video and watch my Facha in 4D. Um, or is it 4HD? No, 4D is a thing, right? I don't know. Anywho, if you want to watch the video, go over to youtube.com forward slash jessiemapeluso. You can watch it in all sorts of D's. And if you guys would like to be a part of the Patreon, we've got a Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash jessiemapeluso to join the fan club. Thank you guys so much. Please review the pod if you have time. If it wouldn't be too much to ask for you guys to leave a review, we appreciate your listenership every week. You guys are fucking Awesome. I have the greatest fans on earth, and I'm happy to bring you episodes every week. I hope you guys are enjoying. If you have any suggestions, would like to send some questions or get advice, Comedy at gmail.com. And without further ado, this episode features the one, the only, the OG podcast host of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, Jessie May Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're beep. listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Mae Paluso. It's a personal comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey everybody. What is going on? We are back. I just got back from where the fuck was I? Plano, Texas. I was doing shows... Do I hear, I feel like I hear classical music. No. Okay. I am on a, a, a little microdose of psilocybin. So this should be fun. I also just had a little bit of the marijuana because it is sober October for me. <laughs> no alcohol. Oh, I can't even say the word without stuttering. No alcohol. I haven't had any for a week. This past weekend was the first time, maybe the second time, but, uh, first time that I have, (coughs) excuse me guys, haven't had alcohol while I was doing shows. Pretty big deal. Big deal, big deal. We're going to get into that. It's a sober October for me, but, um, we just got back from Plano, Texas. Thank you for everybody who came out to the shows. We were at the house of comedy. We had a blast. The Texas State Fair was going on. I was really sad that I didn't get to go to the Texas State Fair. I feel like that was a real oversight for Kalia and I. Kalia was my opener. Kalia McNeil who has been going on the road with me lately. We've been having so much fun. She makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) She is a nutcase like I am. So I feel like I am getting some sort of um, maybe retribution for the way I was and the way I am to people. It feels nice to be around somebody who is as crazy as I am and goofy and and fun. So we had a great time. We had a a night where we had a challenging evening where a group of women decided to be rather rude. Chit-chatty, Kathy's. I don't understand that. I don't understand why you come to a comedy show just to talk. To talk so loud. She, there was three girls and a gentleman, I believe. And look, I get it. You want to go out and have a good time. You're drinking. You've worked hard. You might even be going through some really crazy life changes. You might even be going through something really brutal. And I can relate to all of that. But it's fucking rude to talk incessantly. And she was spoken to. She was rude during my opener's act. She was rude rude during a guest set. We had a guest set from Dicey, who's hilarious. And talking during Kalia's set, and by the time I got up there, I wasn't having it. Now, if you've come to a show and have seen me perform, you know that I'm I'm not I'm I'm likable. And that's not something that I'm trying to be. I'm a relatively likable human being, and because of that, I have an amazing group of fans. It spans all age groups. I mean, not all age groups. I don't have eight-year-olds coming to this show. They should. They can learn early. I, I love my fans. They're, they're fucking awesome, but this past weekend, this girl really tested me. And I've never kicked anybody out of a show. I think one time we had someone get kicked out of a show and it was a woman. And um, I gotta be honest, most of the time that someone's heckling, it's a woman. And not someone who identifies as a woman. A woman. A female born human being is the one that likes to open their fucking mouths after they've had some margaritas. Oh, my God. So we can have a fucking Friday margarita. Shut the fuck up. Is what I have to say. And you know where it stems from? I truly believe because all I do is observe human behavior. It's what I did as, as, a, as a little tot. It's what I do as a grown thought. <laughs> from tot to thought. There's a new show for TLC. I, um, I really think it comes from a place of someone who has some unhealed issues. I think it comes from somebody who needs attention, who has to be the center of attention, who likes to cause drama. And I think it comes from, you know, a little bit of neglect. People who are dramatic or passive aggressive or, create little dramas usually are coming from an unhealthy household i mean how many of us came from a healthy household let's be real you know my mom moved the neighbor's dad in and he's still there fucking love steve but most of us haven't really come from a healthy household and even if you do there's still going to be some issues it's a tricky thing parenting is a tricky thing i'm adjusting myself if you guys are watching this i'm sorry I'm trying to get comfortable Parenting's a tricky thing. So you got to be mindful when you parent because you don't want to raise a cunt. And once in a while, cunt slips through the doors and raises her cunty mouth and doesn't stop talking. And I I, think we had to kick her out. I didn't want to kick her out. I'm okay with dealing with it because it happens so infrequently. And I know where it comes from that I usually can manage. And... It's not that I don't mind managing. It's really disruptive. It disrupts the flow of the show. It fucks up the comedians. And it's disrupting people who have spent time getting ready, who've spent money on babysitters and driving their cars, making a plan to come out and hang out with us. You're just ruining someone's night. So I had to kind of let this girl know. I had to let her know that I know who she is. I know why she was disruptive I know the type of life she came from and and that I loved her. I just told her I fucking loved her. I love you, sis. I love you, sis. But it looks like you have to go because after disrupting so many times, we've got to ask you to fucking leave. And I wish her well. She just was really talked back a lot, you know at my host, she said, you don't talk, you don't talk enough. And he's like, I have a microphone. What are you saying? She wasn't really making sense. So I hope that she gets the balance that she needs to, to not be a disruptive human being through life. Cause it makes me sad for her. But we did have a blast in Texas. I, you know, I, I think I need to go to places that in my mind represent I need to go to places that look like what my expectations are in my mind because when I think of Texas, I think of cowboy boots and tumbleweeds and horses and <laughs> that noise playing in the background. Not once in all of my travels to Texas have I come across either of those or any of those things. I did see a few fellas in the airport, cute little cowboy hat, cowboy boots, but. It still feels like a costume to me. I need to see that. Like, I need to see a man wearing that outfit on a ranch. So I think I need to perform in a barn. If anyone knows any of these places in Texas where there are just rodeos and real cowboys, please let me know. Email me. Comedy at gmail.com. Tell me where I can find these men. Because when I go to Texas and I'm performing in a strip mall, it feels wrong. Okay, Look. I will go to a mall. I will take an edible and try on outfits. It's not, it's, it's not beyond me to do that sort of thing. You know, I enjoy it. I went and got massages this past weekend. Shout out to Spa Habitat and the Legacy Shops in Plano, Texas. I also bought a new shirt, a new stage shirt, which I'm very excited about. But I need some tumbleweed and I need some cowboys on horseback. Or I'm just going to be eternally disappointed. And you can't do that to me. I'm the eternal optimist. You can't disappoint me. It's rude. It's really rude. I don't, I don't appreciate it one fucking bit. Um, I should let you guys know. I should let you know early on. Maybe I did in the intro that this is going to be just an OG episode. We're going to do some carpe DMs. We are going to do some fan emails and maybe check and see if we have some calls. I told you last week that I was going to tell you about um, some reflections on my birthday weekend in in Joshua Tree. I also want to tell you I've gone on a couple dates. Now, I did say I'm going to be celibate for a year, and I'm sticking to that for as long as I can, so help me God. <laughs> help. I'm in my prime. (laughs) I'm in my prime. I just turned 40 and I am in my fucking prime and I'm deciding to shut down the vagina factory now. It's a challenge and it's uncomfortable and it's the only place you grow. You don't grow when you're comfortable. So I like to put myself in uncomfortable scenarios as often as possible so I can learn for myself and, you know, rejuvenate the Jew. The little vajuju. We're going to rejuvenate her. So I'm still going out on dates and I went out on a date with a fella and I left taco night at my neighbor's house for this date. Now, you know, I'm committed to something if I leave a taco night anywhere, let alone right next door to my damn house. You mean I don't have to get into the car? You mean I can wear my house slippers and no bra and stuff my face with tacos? I'm fucking coming over left taco night because essentially I am looking for a soulmate. I do think that we can experience multiple soulmates in a lifetime, spanning an array of relationships from platonic to, to romantic. And I already have soulmates in my life. My cousin's my soulmate. My friend, Natalie's my soulmate. My sister's my soulmate. And I think that you can have soulmates that serve an era for your life. You know, I I do think that the, the men that I have been in relationships with were my soulmates at that time. And that's my idea about it. I don't think that there's one person for you. I think there's many people for you. And there could be just one. We've heard stories of people and I'm sure you guys know people or have people in your family who have been together for years and they are each other's soulmate. I think it exists in many different ways in different realms and manifests itself in, in many realms of your life. And I, I don't think, I'm not glued to the idea that there's one person, but I am looking for my next soulmate. So with that, for myself comes some restrictions and that's why I'm pulling back no casual sex, being very intentional and mindful about who's in my space and what energy I am surrounding myself with in my internal circle, in my immediate circle, so that I am staying as healthy as possible and becoming the type of person that I want to become and the type of person I want to show up in a, in a relationship as. So I'm still going out on dates cause you never know. And I went out on a date with this guy and I gotta say, you know, photos, photos can tell a different story. <laughs> your, your profile, your dating profile should tell the truth. Uh, let's start there. I say this as I'm remembering a gentleman coming up to me after my show in Plano, Texas, being a little triggered because I have a joke about guys being five, nine, no offense to guys being five, nine. It's just that the Tinder swindler was five, nine. I think probably just say that for my joke, but I'm pretty sure the Tinder swindler was five, nine. And that's what my joke is about. Anywho, this gentleman comes up after my show and he's like, Hey, what's wrong with dudes that are five, nine? And I'm like, bro, it's fine. Nothing wrong with you. You're fine. Be a good person. be, Say what you mean and mean what you say, and be intentional. You'll be fine. Doesn't matter if you're five nine. He's like, well, I say I'm five ten on my dating profile, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me lies. I don't want your lies. You can't start anything meaningful on a bed of lies. So you have to be fucking honest. He's like, well, I'm five nine and three fourths. Okay, fucking put five nine and three fourths, but you're not five ten. Okay, we're not taking a measurement with you putting a slip in in your shoe, a heel slip. Okay, Robert Downey Jr., fucking put your heels on the floor and your head up against the wall and we'll get the pencil and we'll etch it on the threshold of the doorway. That's your truth. Quit lying on your dating profiles. It's only going to hurt you down the road. And it's also a testament to who you are as a human being. And also, it tells me that you don't think you're good enough as you are. That you need to be taller. Maybe it really is bad out there for a pimp because girls are size queens, not just referring to a dick. I have requirements. I like tall men. I like emotionally available men. And if there's a short guy who's emotionally available, I'm going to be perplexed. I'm going to, it's going to be difficult for me. I'm not saying you aren't in the running. I'm saying, don't lie on your dating profile. This guy was not trying to date me. He just was saying that on his profile. Oh, Okay, I'll put 510. No, you can't start anything on a lie. It's so important for you to be truthful, as truthful as you can. Now, as a woman, it's different. We can't put too much information out there because we're vulnerable. Hello, Tinder Swindler. And for me, I'm a little bit more vulnerable because I'm in the public eye as much as I don't want to reiterate that over and over, it's a truth I need to be mindful of, you know? And it's something that I need to consider when I'm out in the dating world. And so for that reason, I don't, on my profile, say what I do. Here I am telling you not to say you're 5'9". I'm omitting information that you will eventually get. I put my height I think it has height for women, right? I think it has height for everybody, which is strange. Obviously, it's an important factor. Why don't they put shoe size? Why don't they put how long your clit is? Like, why don't they, you know, put other details in there? Your eye color. It's, it's an interesting <laughs> detail to have on there. And now I got to check my dating sites to see if that's just something that is standard I'm going to go on my Bumble and look. I feel like it is. I feel like when you swipe, you see you see their heights. Yeah, basics. You, so you put your height, how much you work out, and your astrological sign. No wonder we're fucking, our relationships are failing. We're focusing on all the wrong shit. Our attributes, our physical attributes, obviously are very important for various reasons. For reasons of... Genetic compatibility and for reasons of um, compensation for where our genetics aren't necessarily strongest in certain categories, you guys can compensate for that. But that still falls under genetic compatibility. It's so wild how much of someone's physical appearance can determine if we're even going to open our mouth and talk to you. So that's why I think online dating is a little tricky. It's tricky because it's a little dangerous for women. We're a little bit more vulnerable. But also it takes away like that initial physical reveal. Seeing somebody's physicality and meeting somebody in the world. I I really miss that. And so I am practicing getting used to that by going out on these dates. And I'm also putting myself out there. At farmer's markets, you know, I was batting my eyelashes at this dude who had the kefir stand. He had yogurt drinks and I'm lactose intolerant. And I walked my way over there (laughs) and I was like, oh, I love yogurt. And my my asshole literally is like, no, we don't. My butt is like, what are you doing? Don't, don't, please don't. My butt's like, please, you're going to neglect me. This is abuse. All because I thought the guy at the kefir stand was hot. Well, you know, we all have standards and we all have needs. I I bought three bottles of kefir yogurt. I haven't had it in so long. It's really good for you. The probiotics are amazing, but, you know, uh, rumble, rumble, toil and trouble in your gut. And that's the that's the toll for love. Looking for my soulmate at the farmer's market. So back to these dates. I went on a couple Bumble dates and the one guy walked in and I truly believe in chemistry for myself being instantaneous or not there at all. And this was the latter. There was no chemistry whatsoever. I didn't feel like I wanted to give him a ticket to my vagina monologues. I didn't feel like I wanted to introduce him to my parents, even though they're dead. I didn't feel like I wanted to make babies with this person. All those things for me happened pretty instantaneous and nothing was happening there for me. Nothing against him. It's vibes, babe. It's all vibes and you got to pay attention to the vibes. It's important to pay attention to the vibes. Good, bad, unsure, all the vibes. You have to pay attention to all the vibes and even The most subliminal ones, those might be even more important than the more obvious ones. I think the subliminal ones are more important because those are the ones that go we miss because we're excited or because we're not paying attention, because we're drunk. We miss a lot of the signs, red flags, bad vibes, because of all of those things. We're not really focusing on what is in front of us. We're focusing on what could be in front of us. So many times we fall in love with someone's potential or we're attracted to someone's potential instead of who they actually are. Accept people as they are. I love that saying. Meet people where they're at because you can leave them there if it doesn't serve you. So I'm going out on dates to practice that for myself and to practice dating and being somewhat physically conservative. You know, I've been boning for a while and I feel like I want to put a little pause in it. I've done this before where I've done about a year and a half of celibacy. Uh, I want to say about within the past 10 years and it was great. You, I can't wait to do pottery. (laughs) As the police and fire trucks are coming. I'm like, celibacy is great. I'm on fire. This girl is on fire. I honestly am looking forward to knitting, to reading, more quiet time, hanging out with my friends, getting back to my goofiness, all of that, and doing this while I'm dating. So this guy comes in, we have no chemistry, and he orders a shot and a beer. I'm not judging at all. I am not in the mindset to get drunk while I meet somebody. I don't even really get drunk in life. Yes, I microdose on psilocybin for a handful of the days out of the week, half the week. Yes, I take edibles and I enjoy cannabis. All of that I use medicinally. All of that I use um, in a in a way that, It is helping me be more productive, helping me rest, helping me be able to access my emotions and journal, and it helps me get in touch with my femininity. That's how I use psilocybin in cannabis. On a date, I have no desire to be wasted. That was for my 20s. I'm not looking to blast shots and suck your dick. That's not going to happen. That's not happening happening and if you it's nothing against if that's what guys want they just want to get wasted and have sex go ahead life is short enjoy that shit do it go do it and have a good time not me not now not never whose floor is this if you know the video you know if you know you know one of the first viral videos on YouTube anywho he proceeds to oh I almost got a good back crack hold on Ah. He proceeds to do a shot and have a beer, and I thought it was odd. I thought it was odd, and right there I felt us meeting at different places because I'm I'm literally doing Sober October. I haven't had a drop of alcohol in over a week. Definitely had to practice restraint over the weekend because it is habitual to have a shot of tequila and a beer before I go on stage. Not every night, not every show, but it's not uncommon for me to do that and ever since working with Dr. Daniel Amen and getting a scan of my brain and understanding more about how my brain works and in the higher productivity levels associated with my different rituals and routine, I have decided to step away from alcohol and to see to really give it a shot to not have alcohol at all for a month, maybe even longer and see where I'm at. So him and I are already meeting at different places if this guy's blasting a shot of tequila and having a beer. And he had two or three rounds. And if you need alcohol to lubricate yourself enough so that you're able to communicate and connect with people, there's a deeper underlying issue. Alcohol is not a connectivity tool. It's a it's a numbing drug. And I, I I have done it in the past where I have needed alcohol to hang out or alcohol in, in social situations and in social events. And sometimes marijuana, I even use and, and have it be something that opens me up. But alcohol is just a different beast. It brings out the demons. Alcohol brings out the demons and marijuana makes you talk to them. And ask why they're there. That's the biggest difference. Besides the physiological effects and lack thereof when we're speaking of marijuana. The effects of alcohol are exorbitantly much worse. And this guy just getting drunk on our date made me like feel less connected or even wanting to connect with him. That's where I'm at in my life right now. And I am by no means... uh, thinking that I am I'm trying to mar I'm not trying to martyr myself. You guys know I love wine. Ah! Oh, it's so fucking hard. I just want some wine. Shit. Sorry. Didn't mean to yell in your ear, but I fucking would love a rosé right now. But I'm committed. I'm committed and I'm in. It's been a week. And I don't even drink that much. We're talking like a glass of wine at night, like in a like a proper Italian. And to not have that really fucking sucks. And the, the that's the downside. The upside is I'm much clearer. And maybe if I had been drinking, this guy and I would have a second date. But then I feel like we're not meeting on authentic terms. We're both coming into the scenario needing something in order to connect. Well, then... Are you really connected if there's something in the way? If there's something that's needed to unlock the part of you that is blocked? Sounds like you have a blockage. And so what I'm doing instead of adding things onto my plate is I'm unpacking my plate. I am locking up the cooch and unpacking the plate a little bit. So I didn't really feel like him and I deserved... Him and I needed a second date. And I'm also doing this thing where I'm not ghosting people. Not that I've ghosted people in the past, but I'm giving an explanation. And I'll I'll read you guys what I sent to him. Is that weird? I think it could help. I think it could help other people learn how to be respectful and learn how to communicate. I said to this guy, I said, Jason, it was really... So- Oop. We don't have a last name. He knows who he is. It was really so fun to hang with you. I unfortunately don't feel a connection, but wish you the best on your dating journeys. Hey, I am growing and becoming a grown ass woman and a grown ass woman. You don't have to give an explanation as to why you don't want to see somebody. You don't owe anybody anything. No one owes anybody anything. This idea of being owed something is ridiculous, but it's more for you. I truly believe the energy you put out is the energy you get back. It's the law of the universe. I'm only treating people the way I want to be treated. I have to set the precedent. So my precedent is we're not having casual sex. We're not getting wasted. And I want to communicate. Very fucking simple. So that's what why I'm going out on dates during my year of celibacy. So that I can practice Putting out to the universe and working and functioning from a place of that, so that I get it back. What you put out, you get back. So I am focusing on that. And, you know, it's challenging for sure going on these dates. I went on another date, a coffee date. See, I don't think we need to have a full fucking dinner either. Hair is so much more than physical appearance for women. It shapes our relationship with ourselves from the inside out. It defines our identity, our self-image, and self-confidence. Female hair loss is a reality for millions of women, yet most are reluctant to discuss it publicly. Podcasts are obviously all about talking, and we would like to open up a larger conversation through real women sharing real stories about how their hair struggles have impacted them. Now, I know I've experienced it through stress, losing my parents. I know my cousin has issues with it as well. Hair loss, hair thinning, it's something that women sometimes experience and it f- makes you feel just less feminine. You know, naturally, over half of women will experience hair thinning in their life. However, many people, especially women, don't know that and suffer in silence thinking they're the only ones and they're all alone. Well, we invite you to share the impact of your hair thinning, hair shedding and poor quality and have a deeper personal and emotional conversation about how it's affected you. So I want my listeners to share their story. And by sharing our personal stories, we will unburden hair struggles and the stigma that surrounds it for so many You guys can be personal and vulnerable and show that it's okay to talk about your hair struggles, share how it's impacted you on the inside, how it's impacted you physically. How does it make you feel? Did it change the way you felt about yourself? Let's have this conversation together and make everyone feel less alone. Let's talk about it. Your hair story, it could help another woman. Join the conversation at shedthesilence.com. That's shedthesilence.com. We got to have an hour and a half meal. What if I find out that you're a serial killer? I probably wouldn't find out. Sounds sounds like people really don't find that out until it's too late. But why don't we start off slow? Let's just get a cute little coffee. That's thought just let me get a coffee. You know, I had never gone out on a coffee date and I went on a coffee date with this dude. He was really cute. He was very cute. Um, he, he has hit me back. And maybe there'll be a second date. He was really adorable. He, uh, it's so interesting how you evolve as a human being because and maybe it was the time of day, but he was like talking about sex. And for some reason it, it kind of turned me not off, but just made me go, Hmm, already. I mean, it's it's eight thirty in the morning and we're not in a relationship. So it, my mind is aware to these different things and my mind is awake to these different standards that I have for myself. And I, and I, I honestly think it just comes from having more self-worth and loving myself more in being, having my, my, I feel like I'm more awake and it's like, did I miss all this shit before? <laughs> I feel like I missed <laughs> all of the red flags. I feel like this shit's been happening for so long and now I'm just like take alcohol off the table and you're like, "Oh, everyone's fucking crazy." Dating is hard. Compatibility is real, and you got to keep you got to keep your head on a swivel, sis. You truly do. Truly, truly, truly do. You have to keep your head on a fucking swivel. And I'm still going to go out on dates, though. I'm, I'm going to go out on dates. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see how it unravels. Going to keep my heart open, but my legs closed. <laughs> and on Girl Code, I said the reverse. I'm growing. I am growing. So it's, it's um, a challenging time, but I'm excited to see who gets to be my soulmate next. I will say there was this fella that I met at a show in the Pacific Northwest. Do you guys remember that? Did I tell you about this guy who I was for sure thought was my soulmate? This guy hugged me after the show. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's my soulmate. Uh, And then I, it made me think of this funny tweet. My toxic trait is me thinking I'm everyone's soulmate. (laughs) Not me thinking I'm everyone's soulmate. Oh, my God. But I found him. <laughs> I found him on the World Wide Web. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I can't say anymore. I will say the timing is kind of perfect, I think, for him and I. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Once you open your mind to possibilities being endless... Then opportunities start to arise. It's all about how you look at things. And Brad Pitt is is still on the table, is all I'm going to say. Okay? He's still on the table. I know he's in the news for some bad shit right now, for stuff that happened on a plane that none of us were on. I hope it's not true. God, I look like Force Whitaker right now. I'm just looking at myself in the camera, and I have shroom face. My face looks different on shrooms. I am on a microdose. I think I told you that before. My face morphs. Maybe you guys see my face the same and I'm seeing it differently. But, uh, (laughs) a rut row. So reflections on my birthday weekend. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, the sound baths. I did sound baths a couple nights in a row I do meditate every morning, so a sound bath is a form of meditation with quartz bowls and um I, sometimes they're metal bowls, sometimes they're bronze, sometimes they're quartz and there's like a quartz like um stick. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure it has a more official name. And it's really wonderful. If you can use Insight Timer to meditate, the app. If you check that out, you can find sound bowls and sound bath style meditations. They're so good for me. I love them. And, you know, this, the weekend wasn't about partying. I had two drinks all weekend, a whole bunch of shrooms. And I had a whole bunch of, you know, some Mary J, some Eddie's, Eddie bowl came to town, rented a Airbnb for my friends. We talked about it a little bit last week, I believe for the week before. And, um, The reflection I really have on it was that I love the people I have in my life that are in my inner circle because they're better than me. They're so loving. They're so supportive. And I learn from them and they make me grow. And I'm so fortunate to have these amazing people who have become my L.A. family. Essentially, all of them have become my L.A. family besides my cousin Allie who is my family family. And what I learned was how much more rest I really need. You know, we kind of talked about us functioning at this, our base level, and our base level is way above where it should be because we're high-functioning, anxious, success-driven human beings in this wild culture and society. We're functioning from just a hyperactive level. And I really think that we've lost sight of where our true baseline is. And that's why so many of us burn out. So the more rest I take, the more I realize how much I need and the more I'm starting to take. And because of that, it's slowed me down. And I think it's starting to bring me to my authentic self, at least as a grown woman, it's bringing to my authentic self. And it's also made me feel more present and calmer it's been amazing honestly taking this past weekend or a couple weekends ago in Joshua Tree taking the amazing medicine that psilocybin is and that cannabis can be and is it really opened me up to how much more rest I need and on the other side of that how much creativity is unlocked and how much my relationships become richer because I'm more present because I'm not pouring from an empty cup and I I wouldn't have come to those epiphanies or realization without psilocybin or without cannabis. That's why they're so invaluable as medicines for me and they've literally helped me come to so many epiphanies about myself and unlock so much that was holding me back, unlock so much trauma and become aware of how I occur in this past birthday weekend was, was a real blessing, a real blessing. And it also, made me realize just how important it is to have uncomfortable situations, especially with your friends and people who you love. It's important to go through that because you grow through that. And, you know, we say, we always say to ourselves, why am I, why am I going through this? Why do I have to go through this? You grow through what you go through and you only grow through discomfort. And so the sound baths, were uncomfortable for my cousin and for my friend Chris and it it was definitely a huge bonding experience for us because of that it was it became a bonding ceremony and that's the beautiful thing about doing things that sound you know like something only hippies do or sound like something you would totally never find yourself doing. If somebody mentions something that you go, I would never do that. You should do it. If you find yourself saying, I would never do this. I would never try this. I would never. That means you should. Cause you're going to discover something about yourself and it's going to be fucking amazing. The nevers unlock epiphanies. The nevers unlock truths and discoveries that you would not and will not discover while you're cozy. There's nothing you grow. There's no way to grow from a cozy place. You chill and it's it's useful. It's definitely a useful thing to be cozy and calm and to rest. But you're not growing. You're relaxing. You're You're healing. And when you're in these uncomfortable scenarios with your friends, it bonds you in a way that is unspeakable. It bonds you in a way that words fall short to describe. It's like a spiritual bonding. And I called the weekend my soul integration with my friends and my family because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to integrate with them, put us in a couple different uncomfortable situations with a couple Heart opening medicines and mind altering medicines that help you open up parts of you that are usually locked all day long, subconsciously and consciously. And it was truly magical. It really, really was magical. And it was such a dichotomy from how I used to celebrate my birthday. I used to fucking rage, bro. A fucking party. Oh, we got a fucking party, bro. Hell yeah. We're going to rock so hard. We are going to rock so hard, bro. Fucking wouldn't remember the night. That's how I used to celebrate my birthday. Not remembering. I don't even, there's, there's birthdays that have just are a blur. Blur blurth days is what we should call them. <laughs> birthdays in your 20s are blurth days because you don't remember shit. And now I want to remember. I want to make memories, not have to have like a court stenographer tell me what the fuck I did the night before. So that's what that whole weekend was about. And that's, you know, a sign of me growing and also a sign of a part of me dying. That's what it kind of felt like. I told you I was going to tell you about the piñata. I have to get this piñata so you can see what I was talking about. If you saw my Instagram story, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. I'm in my hippie pants. So on, on my Instagram story... I posted a video from my soul integration weekend <laughs> of a head f- floating from a tree. My dear friend Jackie had a pinata made of my face. Well, this is not exactly my face. It is inspired by my face that I made when I was doing a filming of my special, the test filming of my special for Netflix. I had uh, a crazy face and then I looked like a blow-up doll so I posted a picture of my face in the blow-up doll so my friend Jackie had a pinata made of the blow-up doll face and stuffed it filled with drugs it was the greatest gift anyone's ever given me besides life <laughs> besides my mother giving me life this is the second best greatest gift anyone's ever given me so it became significant and symbolic because I do feel like a part of me has died I feel like something has like I've come out of a chrysalis you know kind of like a, a butterfly or a moth any sort of cocoon and it's it's not even that it's yeah I guess it is like a cocoon because I think I've had a tough exterior for so long. I've had a uh, a shell around my authentic self, and a lot of that was because I was functioning from a survival mode and a survival a survival mentality. And now that I'm feeling freer, and that I'm accessing my heart space more, and, and being more vulnerable, and in accessing my femininity more, the the quieter side of myself, and saving the loud wild, rambunctious self for stage. I am finding that it feels like a death. It feels like I'm, a part of me has died. And it's a really beautiful thing. And I think, you know, we call it growing pains. It's a, it's a form of growing pains. And there's a little nostalgia that is intertwined in that. There is a little bit of sadness because it means I'm becoming a person that my parents will not meet because they're gone. They're dead. I don't know if you guys know that. I have to say that every time. It makes me feel a little vulnerable and sad in that sense that my parents aren't going to meet this version of me, but I wouldn't had been co- I wouldn't have become this version without them passing. It's sort of it is what it is type of situation where this is what it's evolved to and you have to deal with it. And the way I'm dealing with it is I'm responding to the flow. I am flowing into this portion of myself. It, I am flowing at the same time I'm being pulled and everything in the universe in life is telling me to slow down. Everything in the universe in life is telling me to literally stop and smell the roses and I'm responding that way. And I'm, I'm being pulled towards situations, people and scenarios that yield that sort of experience and that energy and that vibe. So it's interesting. It's interesting to feel like a part of me has died and that it's a good thing. I think we're so afraid of growth. I think we're afraid of change. I think for one, it requires a lot of work. You know, we refer to it as shadow work or therapy or trauma, healing, whatever you want to call it however you want to refer to it, it it requires a lot of work to get on the other side of the facade that you've built to survive the situations that you had to survive. Speaking for myself and probably a lot of people that are listening to this right now, that little frog in the throat just comes out the worst times. Here I am trying to have like a real moment. It's like, <coughs> sorry if you can hear that. But it is... A painful process. Growth is a painful process. And I think I've said this on the podcast. I know my, my friend Chris and I say that it's also a self-evolving and self-evolution can be very lonely because it requires you to go in. A lot of the times it requires you to be alone. And on the other side of your growth, you lose people who, who aren't willing or can't meet you where you are. And sometimes you lose people and they come back in your life. We all have had that situation. But it's really important to not lose yourself trying to keep someone else in your life. Especially when you're on your own path to healing. So I'm very selfish right now in that sense. I am not willing to put up with anyone else's bullshit if it fucks up my flow. Because I'm on, I'm on the flow up. It's not even a glow up. I'm on the flow up. I got a burp. Sorry, guys. Excuse me. I did not mean to burp in a pivotal conversation, a pivotal moment. I think it's important for you to not be afraid of growing. It's important for you to recognize that parts of you will die all the time. Literally from a cellular level, our cells are dying all the time. We're not even the same body that we had when we were a child. So it is natural for us to experience death on ourselves regularly and I think we forget sometimes that it happens spiritually for us as well and it's not that it is easier when you are doing meditation or sound baths or eating clean it's just that it's a healthier process when you start to incorporate all of these routines in on your path of evolution And having a non-blowout weekend was one of them for me. Me not drinking for a month is another one. I am on the path of healing myself. And I I, honestly, it feels like a fucking roller coaster I can't get off of now. I'm, I'm almost addicted to the healing process because it feels so good. But it's only feeling good on the other side of extreme pain. It's extremely painful and it only feels good after an extreme amount of pain. It only feels good after you have peeled parts of yourself off. Like it literally is like peeling flesh off of flesh. Emotional evolution is, I think some of the most painful experiences I've had in my life. Even including grief. Grief is a different type of pain. But facing yourself, facing your demons, facing your shortcomings and your flaws and your failures and your insecurities and your fears, facing how you've occurred, that is fucking painful. But it's also vital for you to face that shit because no one can face it for you it's so cliche to say but it's a truth no one can face your fears no one can face your insecurities no one can face your vulnerabilities but you and the only way for you to grow or to get any sort of semblance of control over your life is to do that and (laughs) there goes that throat noise again (laughs) The microphone's too good. It's literally picking up conversations in my esophagus, like way down in there. It's like two little teeny creatures talking in the back of my throat. It sounds like they're cheersing. It sounds like a like two frothy beers between like mitochondria. Just teeny little cheers that, that microscopic cells are having at, at happy hour underneath my uvula. Is that what you call that thing in the back of the throat? I got to look it up. Let's Google it together. What's that flappy thing in your throat? I don't think it's a uvula. I think that's a totally different body part. not a doctor. Your uvula is a fleshy piece of tissue that hangs from the roof of your mouth. Oh my God, I got it right. God bless us. Well, it sounds like there's teeny little microscopic cells having martini near my uvula right now. I... I want to see if we have any phone calls. Let's see if we have a couple phone calls before we leave each other. I feel like I might have a couple voicemails left here. Here we go. Let's see what we got.
1: Hey, how's it going? Uh, My name is Brian Avila-Mendez, and I'm watching your... The show from Netflix, Tattoo Rito. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I'm watching it, and I love it. I have, I feel like have, you yeah, have something really amazing, and it's really new and with great artists, and I would love to be on the show. I would love to bring my friend uh, to cover up a tattoo that she wanted to cover up, but she hasn't, so I think it would be really great to do so. My friend is amazing, and we are not shy. We pretty
0: much have a great energy, so I would love to be in the show. Thank you. Oh, so this dude just uh, uh, interviewing to be on my show that didn't get a second season. Thank you. Uh, David, Was your name? Uh, Brian. Brian Mendez. Lo siento, amigo. No second season. He's talking about, I love that he said tattoo. Tattoo redo. Tattoo redo will not be renewed. But we had a great time. Season one is available on Netflix. And uh, good luck to your girl. So many of us have shitty tattoos. Tell her to save her money and get that shit lasered off.
1: Hi, Destiny. My name is Sarah. I was told to call you and leave you a message by my husband, Christopher, because my he husband. absolutely adores you. My uh, husband. Right. So, this is me calling you, and he really wants me to do an accent.
0: So, one, Hello. I think you're fucking amazing. I love all the things that you do. I can't get enough for you. And I uh, can't wait to hear your new podcast. So, I just wanted to give you a holler and see how things are going. Hopefully, I get to hear this on your podcast. So, who knows? I can't wait to hear something here from you. All right.
1: Anyway,
0: fucking talk to you later. <laughs> Wow, I don't know what accent that was. It was like a drunk person from Dorchester. It sounded like a drunk leprechaun in Dorchester. That was amazing. I appreciate you, Sarah and Todd. Thanks for giving us a call and saying hello and um it felt like another audition. I think you guys are thinking I can get you into Hollywood. That's not how it works. One more the hell was- <laughs> <laughs>
1: this
0: is part of one.
1: And, uh, oh man, I'm so glad nobody answered. I would've, I probably would've hung right up. Uh, just wanna know what it's like to do mushrooms. I think you'd be the one to tell me. I listened to like, four of your episodes, and, unfortunately, You're a little bit older for me. Uh, Well, no, no. My last girlfriend was 40 with three kids. And uh, last two years. You shouldn't have done it. That's stupid. Anyways. um, yeah. What's it like to do mushrooms? I'm single now. I'm kind of by myself. I feel like now would be the time to try it. I moved out here on this, on our uh, business accountants farm. And it's behind this big old racetrack but other than that, dark, quiet big old open space I got all my wood and shit for projects, I'll probably build myself a box and hide in there or something. <laughs> I don't know as long as the neighbors they're pretty far away but oh man I'm not trying to run into anybody on mushrooms or weed I I was just saying there, but yeah, let me know what it's like to kind of give me a heads up, you know, because uh, your boy's scared to do it. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be out in this cornfield. Oh man, I just, I just need to know. I feel like you do it every day. <laughs> so give your boy some answers. Peace out, Girl Scout.
0: Oh my God, How, what's it like to do mushrooms? However you sounded is what it's like to do mushrooms. You sounded like you were leaving a voicemail, but thought you were having a conversation with somebody. It felt like you were having a conversation that was just one sided, but you were also waiting for somebody to respond. That was amazing. And um, mushrooms is different for everybody. It's a very personal experience. I'm a micro doser. So my experience is very specific to me and it would be very specific to you. And you might be out in a fucking cornfield you might face some demons, but everyone that I've spoken to all my friends and people who I love, who, uh, who have had many different situations and experiences with ayahuasca, DMT, MDMA, and you know, the, the, the L's, LSDs and all those sort of classic, um, those classic, uh, psychedelics have all said that even through the challenging, experiences that they've had, they have gained perspective for themselves. So maybe you are going to want to be in a cornfield because that's a perspective that you need to gain. And you know, a lot of these drugs are reflective. They're mirrors, medicines, sorry, I don't want to say drugs. Um, they're mirrors to what's going on in your, in your psyche already. And it's a great way to meet yourself. But like we said before, With these medicines, you can meet yourself at a certain place. And the beautiful part is you can leave parts of yourself that no longer serve you right where you met them. And I think we need to practice doing that more so that we can show up and live a beautiful life. Even though life, like I have said, is brutal. But the brutal parts, the brutal times and the brutal experiences are the ones from me that have given me the greatest gifts of my life whether it be someone who reached out and helped me or an epiphany or some connection I made through the most difficult time in my life it has forged bonds that will be eternal for me so anywho I hope you guys had um, you know I hope you gained something from this episode and I hope you had a great week and I, I really appreciate you listening. And if you can leave a review, rate, review the podcast, that would be awesome. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to go make some spaghetti and meatballs.